guys, KO here. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila, where we are working to inspire positive, radical social evolution. I'm so excited today to welcome a longtime friend, Lynn Hill, to the mic. She is an entrepreneur and a health and wellness enthusiast. She has her company, Synergistic Movement, that focuses on mobility, stability, and synergy. She's a certified fascial stretch therapist, amongst many other things. And we talk about the whole human and mind and body approach today, how important it is to have practitioners like her that know how to fix your body and get you on track, but also couple that with what's going on in the mind and have a whole body approach. So if you're looking to sharpen the edges and just dial in to um, your best optimal self, Lynn is a human you want in your corner. Enjoy this conversation. We talk about the entrepreneurial journey, all things health and wellness, and where you can find Lynn and get your body and your mind tuned up. Have an amazing day. Enjoy this conversation. Thanks so much, Lynn. It was awesome to catch up. Cheers. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. I am so excited today. We not only have a longtime friend, this is a human that's in the fitness and wellness world, and our entrepreneurial journeys kind of started um, or progress, I should say, in the wellness space around the same time. So I want to welcome Lynn Hill to the mic. She is the founder of Synergistic Movement, where she highlights mobility, stability, and synergy. I'm going to let her tell her story about who she is, what she's doing, and her amazing company and her how she's facilitating health and wellness in our community. Um, so without further ado, Lynn, welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. Thanks for having me, Kay. It's great to be here. <laughs> yes. Usually I see Lynn, well, it's been many years, but I'm like face down on a mat and she's like stretching me and people always think fascial stretching. It's amazing. Um, but it sounds like you're going to like a spa where you chill, but athletic recovery is no joke. <laughs> yeah. No joke at all. It's not, it's not as relaxing as a spa, but you can go afterwards. Yeah. My mom, I'm like, oh, I'm heading over to like the recovery center or whatever. And my mom would be like, oh, enjoy and whatever. And I'm like, mom, it's like scraping and stretching and it's not like I need a break from it. So, um, <laughs> but it's amazing things. So Lynn and I met at Denver sports recovery and, uh, that was, I started as an athlete there and that was one of my first, uh, clients for KO Alliance. And mm -hmm. we, uh, it was a phenomenal starting point. Cause I got to meet so many incredible people like Lynn and so many of us that were super passionate about health and wellness and, and kind of building our own businesses. Um, so Lynn, give us a little bit about your background. We actually have a lot in common. We're both former D1 athletes, obviously into health and wellness and sports. Um, I don't know if you're still competing or playing uh, rugby, which you were playing, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, we're, we took a, a big hiatus because of the pandemic, obviously, but right. we are just starting to get back into some like touch and practice and we'll have a season in the fall, it sounds like. Okay. And you, I mean, yeah. you guys need to watch the video because Lynn is not a huge human. <laughs> Um, but she, she's mighty in her, uh, in her force, in her presence, but rugby's no joke. And I know some of the humans that you play with, they're not small humans. So no, I'm definitely on the smaller side of the rugby, of the yeah. rugby humans, but, uh, it doesn't, as long as you've got good technique, you can hang with them. There you go. But my well, job is to really pass it and make other people run into people. And, and that's what you do in life. You kind of like facilitate wellness and get you uh, getting ready to go. Um, and, and in your business, you have to work with large humans. So you guys have to be like strong and yeah. know how to be able to like move a, a 300 pound leg of like an NFL lineman. <laughs> like, I mean, you guys really do. You work with a lot of big people. Yeah, um, it's definitely something that um, is actually well thought out with fascial stretch therapy itself. It's it was created by Chris Mann by Frederick. And if you've ever met seen Anne, she's also a tiny human um, <laughs> and specializes in working on large linebackers. So the therapy itself was actually designed to use their body weight and take less off of the practitioner themselves. So it really increases the longevity of the fascial stretch practitioners while also giving still giving them a very good stretch. So I but it is a workout. Yeah. I was going to say, you guys have to take care of yourselves just the same, like your joints and your hands and it. Cause I mean, it's a lot of work. Um, yeah. It's definitely better on the body than say massage therapists. I've got a lot of respect for them. It's very hard on the body. Um, but it's, it's really about using your own body weight to move other people's body weight. 
I love it. Well, before we dig into that, give us your background on turmeric and tequila. As uh, the audience knows, I really like to highlight what I call my varsity humans questioning a better way. Your journey is pretty remarkable and um, you're also still pretty young and doing, you know, big major adulting moves, which we never grow out of. I don't think I just turned 40 mm -hmm. uh, this past year and it's still like, I'm still figuring out some of this adulting <laughs> side of things. I love that though. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I hope that journey never ends, but it's impressive what you've done so far. So give us a little bit about like young Lynn, your background um, and where you're coming in at just so people have frame of reference of how awesome of a human you really are oh thank you um yeah so let's see um if we're going to start right from the beginning I was born in China um I was adopted when I was four so I was in orphanage for the first four years and my mom was a single mom who was a badass um she adopted me when I was four moved to Denver so I kind of grew up uh grew up here with a very strong uh independent woman as my uh kind of uh, the person I looked up to so she I think really shaped I don't I definitely didn't realize as much as a kid but I think she really showed that um, that the mold isn't a, a male and a female and the male makes all of the money and does all the strong things and the, the woman just stays at home I all I ever knew was uh, this independent woman who raised two kids on her own and was a teacher so um, yeah, yeah so I grew up and I, yeah, she's badass. Um, I grew up playing a lot of sports. So sports definitely have played a huge role in my life. Uh, I was always a soccer player. I was a diver for a little bit in, throughout high school. And then as you mentioned, I was a D1 rower in college. Um, so that was played a big impact in, um, and just suffering. And it was hard and <laughs> being a student athlete's hard as yeah. anyone who's been a student athlete knows. Um, and then I, it is a full-time job really. Mm -hmm. Um, so I kind of shifted my degree career a little bit with that because, uh, I was actually initially in school for athletic training because I thought that was such a critical part to being a competitive athlete. And as we all know, that's also a full-time job. So I wasn't able to do that. So I had to pick between the two, um, I growing kind of went for more of a general exercise sports science degree. Um, found DSR right out of college and kind of was introduced to this whole new world of wellness. And um, that's where I met people who did fast stretch therapy, who really encouraged me to do that. And that took me to the lock method. And then that took me to muscle activation techniques. And then that kind of just gave me the tools to run my own business where I was able to kind of do what I want and um, see the client, the clientele that I want and really kind of choose my own path which then eventually led me to acupuncture school. And so I'm currently in acupuncture school um, working on getting a master's in acupuncture and master's in oriental medicine. So very oh, nice. busy these days. Okay. Well, but I love, and I love the medicine side, man. I would, we'll have to do maybe a whole other podcast about that because <laughs> yeah. obviously turmeric and tequila, I think as much as you can control in your world and what you're doing, here comes my dogs. Um, it's, it's, it's critical to kind of have the balance of all things. Like you can do all the stretching or whatever you want, but if you're overtraining or you're eating crap, mm -hmm. like it's such a hu whole human approach. Um, yeah. and even when you know stuff about like herbs or medicines or, you know, wh what corners to cut, it's still hard to navigate like the supplement industry and it's hard to know even when you already have a background in it. So, yeah. um, I love when practitioners like you have like this really well-hearsed background where it can be like, okay, do dry needling and cut out dairy for the month or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. because you really need all those angles to make, to get to like your optimal self. Um, absolutely. Yeah. It, and that's kind of why I, I was seeking it because I, I felt like I really have a lot of like neuromuscular background and I can, I can deal with like the more of the physical ailments, but that's just usually a result of so many other things in your life. And I didn't feel like I had the tools to address the other things in your life. Yeah. And so that really took me to this, to the, down that path where I feel like I can give it of a well-rounded approach to, to wellness. I love it. How did you initially come across DSR? Cause that was like, that was, they were just starting. And like, that was a pretty forward thought process, even for them yeah. of like, oh my God, this recovery center, like our athletes going to pay for this. And we like lived yeah. there. We were competitive crossroads at the time. You really did live there. Oh, it, like we were beat to crap and you guys saw us like at our worst. <laughs> and what I mean, worst, it was we and were, your best. Yeah. And our best. Yes. But I mean, we'd come in like crabby or fighting or cause we were so tired from training or we were starving right before we got home to eat. So, um, it, but it was really cool. It was attracting such amazing humans and and it was such a forward thing. It was funny that it was like right where we were, but I think a lot of us, it was such an amazing starting point and it was cool to see everybody kind of branch off and do like their own business. Um, when you, when you got all those certifications and whatnot, did you know immediately like, okay, I know I'm going to do this on my own. Like this is a fit. And then I'm eventually going to want to be an entrepreneur. Oh no, definitely not at all. <laughs> um, so I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but the, 
so to go back to your question about how I found DSR, um, I actually, um, a family friend of mine used to get stretched by Casey McNeil. Um, and at that time, Casey and Andrea, uh, Andrea Beaver, uh, formerly Hassler, but, um, the time those two were just talking about getting DSR started. So they had just got the blueprints of it. They had just bought their first pair of Normatec boots and they were in this like tiny, tiny, like closet, basically, um, just stretching people in there. And, um, that was probably maybe a year before I graduated. And so they were just about to open it. And I think, they opened in like maybe August of 2014 and I found them, I circled back around to them around October. Okay. So they were pretty fresh and I just started on the floor, just like setting up people's on stem and cleaning tables and taking the trash yeah. out. Um, and then Casey McNeil is actually the one that encouraged me to, to seek out fascial stretch. And I was like, oh yeah, I think that'd be awesome to do one-on-one stuff. Um, and I just kind of get getting these opportunities to get certified and then the opportunity to run my own business kind of fell into my lap as well. Uh, Matt Lloyd, he is an owner over at Mountain Strong uh, CrossFit and Climbing. Um, they were like, oh, we're going to gut out the office and wrench out somebody. Do you know anybody that would want to rent the space? And I was like, well, I guess I kind of would. And then that was, and then a month later, I made a website and started my own business. So it really, it all kind of fell into my lap. Well, I think when you show up, you are a good person. You have good energy and you're intentional in life. Like we can show up and do as many things as we want, as we can, the, the correct way with air quotes. Um, but really, just like you said, like you happen to run a DSR, kind of like I did. Then, you know, Matt, who's also a rad dude, um, has this opportunity. Like, I think if you're just continuously showing up and you are a good person, like those things, the path will reveal itself. Um, totally. Even though we try to be, you know, type A and we're going to plan it, we're going to, here's how it's going to be done usually universe is like, mm, okay. And here's we how a different plan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and I got to catch up with, it. I know mountain strong is an, an incredible facility and everything mm-hmm. they have going on. Um, but tell us a little bit about what fascial stretching is and why it's important for everyone. I think being an athlete, we're privy to so many like trend setting, like forward thinking human optimization type stuff. But really I I've loved seeing some of these things go mainstream because everybody needs mm-hmm. it. And us taking charge of our health and wellness is so critical, especially when you see what healthcare costs and blah, blah, blah. Um, but tell us, tell us a little bit about it and why everybody, it's a good thing for anyone. Yeah. Yeah. It is an awesome thing. So fascial stretch therapy is a little bit different than traditional stretching because we're working with the fascial network versus individual muscles. So a lot of the time when you're told to stretch, you're like, go stretch your hamstring and you just stretch your hamstring. But, uh, you can actually get a lot more done with less, uh, when you attack more of the fascial network. So the fascial network is tech tissue that connects your entire body. Uh, muscles from top to bottom. I like to kind of use the analogy of like a sausage. Um, so, you know, the meat inside are your individual muscles and the, that plastic casing is your fascia. So it connects and gives structure to the whole body. Um, so fascial stretch therapy uses that network to give you a really deep, uh, deep stretch. Uh, the biggest thing that it, it also adds in is traction. So it's kind of creating that little bit of space within the joint capsule that allows you to a, just get more space in the body, which we always need because we're a very compressive society. We're always sitting, standing, whatever that may be, and we're creating compression in the joints. So that takes gives us a space with it within the joint, and that also allows us to get a bit of a deeper uh, stretch that's a little bit more comfortable um, because we're getting actual space rather than just creating more compression. So it's super awesome. It can be helped from head to toe. You can there's stretch for everything, and you just you you get off the table feeling a couple inches taller. Yeah, we used to do them. I think it's been a minute since I've been good about all full body care. We're getting back into it slowly because I'm getting back into CrossFit ish, um, mm-hmm. not competing, but just <laughs> lifestyle type stuff. Okay. And it's it's so amazing. And you're you're it's for your body, but man, just to let your mind rest and like mm-hmm. you know move some blood. It's it's so good for your mind. I remember always walking out of there just feeling so good. And um, I've sent many people, athletes, but like people that have had car accidents or mm-hmm. um, people that are just tight in general. Like my forearms just I'm not my fascia is just really super tight, particularly my arms. For for some reason, but anyway, like if you don't get it, I always just tell people, I'm like, go try it once. And once you do it one mm-hmm. time, you'll be hooked. Yeah. A lot of things I do, I feel like it's, it's hard in theory to understand, but once you're on the table, you're like, yeah. oh, I need yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so tell me how the business has kind of grown. Cause it is forward thinking and it's amazing that you're in a gym and you're in a studio, you're amongst people that kind of get it and they'll, they'll spend yeah. to take care of their bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, but how has it been like kind of educating the community around you about what you're doing? 
It's been great. It's great. I think it's interesting because I get a lot of people that are actually in the medical industry themselves. So whether they're doctors, nurses, of they're very like very strictly Western, and it's interesting to be able to help educate them as well. And those are the that's the demographic that I'm always shocked about. They're like, oh wow, this is really cool. I want to learn more about it because I like initially I'm like, well, I figured that this is something you'd already know. Um, but it's been really awesome. It's a great impact. I really like to have. I really like to educate clients because I'm not one that's like, you need to come back twice a week for the next six months. It's the only way you're going to get better. I really love to put the onus on the clients and give them the tools that they need to maintain their own care and their own wellness. Um, Cause I think that's the only way you're going to be successful. Like you can come see me for an hour one day and this week, but you've got so many other hours where you're moving and functioning on your own. You need to be able to have the tools and the and the techniques to help yourself. And then I can just kind of give you the extra push that you need when you're feeling a little bit more stuck or you're not really sure where to start. So it's been, it's really, I feel like I, I hope it's empowering for my clients to be able to take on their wellness a little bit more and, and spark their interest in taking care of themselves more. I love that. I think that's a really important approach because at the end of the day, it is your business, your livelihood. However, you don't need to, you know, coerce clients or whatever Mm -hmm. to coming all the time saying, well, you need to do it twice a week for 80 bucks a session, what have you. Like, it just feels so salesy and transactional Mm -hmm. in in our healthcare system in general. It's it's really nice to find humans that actually care about you. And if you ever come out of like a surgery or whatever, like training and just kind of like feeling optimal is one thing. But if you ever come off like a major surgery, I turned my ACL in 2001, um, and there's still things I'm residuals I'm dealing with around that you know that like taking care of your body for the long term is huge and if you're just like a product in the medical game it sucks like you can't get Mm -hmm. back to getting healthy so you really need good humans like lynn in your corner guiding that recovery process because you just don't know everything like as you said doctors don't even know some of these things Mm -hmm. um so it's it's tough to navigate and i I like that you just said you know it's very western-minded and i've loved this how you know these eastern approaches have come into the mainstream Mm -hmm. because there is such a balance to it as far as nutrition like turmeric and and all these things alongside you know the different modalities and and healing techniques that have come um that aren't in our like traditional western system have you seen uh and i think our young people are phenomenal about embracing these new ways Uh, have your clients gotten younger and younger over the years that's the interesting thing. Not really. I kind of okay. see such a wide demographic that I kind of see a little bit of everything. Good. Um, but so that's good to see. Um, I think I actually see a, I kind of feel like I'm growing with my clientele. Um, so that I, I wouldn't, I had not necessarily. Okay. Um, but I think the cool part is, is that people that are feeling very stuck with the Western diagnoses they've gotten or like the, they would, they go to their doctor and they doctors want to give them pain pills or yeah. muscle relaxers or tell them they've got something going on, but not describe, not explain to them what is actually going on. Cause you can be like, you can be told that you've got bicep tendinitis, but you're like, now what? And they're yeah. like, well, go to this PT. They're going to give you these same five exercises they'll give to everybody and then send you on your way after six sessions, but they're not actually educating you on like the mechanics about what's going on or like how you can adjust your everyday life or just like tell you what's happening in your body. Um, So I think that's the coolest part is that there's people that are seeking education and want the help, which I think is huge. I, that's music to my ears. Cause I mean, graceful disruption. That's why we're here. Cause we need to, there are so many better ways to do things. We're just not conditioned to mm. question a better way. You know, you go to the doctor, they give you a prescription, whatever. And it's like, okay. But like now you see the opiate crisis and like, you see all these other residuals where I do think our younger people, but also people our age are, you know, kind of questioning a better way and shaking up what they, they've always believed, which I think is even harder than learning new as a child. Totally. Um, but it's also, I think, a cost conversation, like, because you don't really have money when you're younger. And some yeah. of these things, while it's expensive, quotes, up front, it can save you so much down the road. And I think people are starting to understand that, too. Um, but just like cross, it's expensive. Like, you can't do some of these things until you're a little bit older and you have budget to do so. Yeah, and that's and that's the hard that's the hardest part about it because I also I can understand that struggle of not feeling like you have the money to prioritize your health or yeah. you have to pick groceries over getting a stretch like I totally get that and that's why I think it's huge to give people more tools and um and things that they can do on their own like you can come in and see me once a month and then I can give you things to help maintain over that time so you don't have to come in as often because I think it's also very common to feel like you have to you're getting like you said salesy and transactional Mm -hmm. like the only way you're going to get better is coming in and that's just not the truth like we're all capable of taking care of ourselves we just need to have a little bit more support to do so 
Totally. And I think it's, I mean, if you have the luxury to come once a week, which is a lot, that's amazing, mm -hmm. but it's really great to have somebody even to check in once a month and see like, oh, here's how my body's recovering and have other eyes on you to say like, this is great, but like, let's dial in this or like, are you stressed out this month or are you not eating yeah. well? Or, you know, it's great to have that pair of eyes. And I know you guys kind of turn into therapists a little bit because you also hear all of our shit. <laughs> Yes, so, yes, yes, yes. People say a lot on the table when that door closes. So. I believe it. Well, you get kind of relaxed. And most of the time I was so tired, I'd fall asleep. But you, or I talk business because, you know, I love talking about that. That's how Andrea and I initially started. Um, we were like stretching. And she's like, what do you do? Like, okay, cool. Come do this for us. And I was like, cool. Um, but yeah, you do kind of reveal your entire life. Um, yes, yes. To, to you guys. Has, have you gotten a little bit better about being a therapist now? <laughs> I think the thing that I've learned the most is just to create space. Yeah. Like people, a lot of times people just want to just yeah. feel like they have somewhere where they can just talk it out. And it's like, I'm really just kind of like a sounding board and people kind of come to the realizations themselves. And I think I've, I've, and I was actually just learned listening to a podcast the other day about like how the, there's this thing called the advice trap where people start talking and you initially want to be like, oh, how can I help? This is how I can help. This is what you should do, blah, 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 blah. But that's not what people want. Like people, people, people are capable of doing what they need and they know what they need, but they just sometimes need to talk it out a little bit. So I really just sit back and people just will unload. <laughs> I love it. And you can write down like stock tips or anything. If some, yeah, like, exactly, some value exactly. comes out, you got it. I was on, I was on a plane once and this, um, there was a family, it was a really cute couple. They were probably like 50, 60 ish. And they, I think the son was there, like one of their kids. And then one kid was calling them and they missed their flight or something. And the wife was like, Oh, da, da, da. and the husband's like, you know, I think that junior, the kid on the phone was like that they just needed support. They didn't need a solution. Mm -hmm. And just like you said, I think most of the time it's, we just want to like talk and go through it versus like, I know how the answer is like, yeah. but I'm just going to unload on you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just, it's, I think there's something that is, it feels nice to feel validated and what you're yeah. feeling and just to be able to, like I said, just say it out loud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. Well, I want to talk a little bit about the entrepreneurial journey because as a female, I'm obviously on Tumor and Tequila, we talk about diversity and inclusion. And my passion piece around that was being the only female of three younger brothers of four kids. Mm -hmm. And I constantly had to kind of use my voice or stand out. And then in a male dominated business industry, it, it has changed. I will even say after, over the past four years, but for the most part, I'm usually the only woman in the room. Um, mm -hmm. and that's, that's shifted, you know, that's guided a lot of my life around that. Like I actually avoid like dating apps and things. Cause like I run into these business humans and when I'm already in that female space, and this mm -hmm. could be a lot of my story as well, but it's just, it's, it, it's hard. And it's still to this day, tough to navigate. Um, being like a woman in, in the game, you know, as a female entrepreneur, is, are these some of the challenges you faced or have you felt like you've been embraced as a whole? I think a little bit of both. I think I have been very fortunate to have grown up with a lot of female role models. Like I said, my mom was a single mom, which I think like, I don't think I realized how unique and badass that was until yeah. the last like four or five years where I, where it's really kind of stood out of it being like a male dominated world. Um, I'm also a lesbian woman, so I'm also surrounded by a lot of women in general and who are all pretty badass entrepreneurs. So I think it's I, a lot of strong females, I will say. It is. A lot yeah, it's a lot, it's a whole vibe. We, I was lacrosse and like the only ones that partied <laughs> harder than us was the rugby team. <laughs> yeah, so. that's very true. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I, I'm, in, I'm in, I'm in a pretty unique bubble where I think I, I just have a lot of strong female energy around me. And so it's something that I don't feel like I personally have broken the mold for because that has already been broken for me. Like that glass ceiling has been shattered long before I came around. So I think I was like, I, I, I was in a very, I'm very grateful for the way I was raised. Like again, I, I ran into Casey McNeil and Andrea Beaver really early. And those are obviously really strong, independent entrepreneurial women. Yeah. Um, and then I have learned actually that acupuncture is a very female dominated industry. Oh, um, I didn't know I think that. There, I didn't either, but I show up to school and there's maybe three males in the entire program. Wow. There's only like 50 of us, but still that's a pretty great ratio. And yeah. we're talking about it because a lot of my professors are male, which I thought was also interesting. Um, but he was like, yeah, this is a very female dominated industry, which I'm like, I love that. Had no um, idea. So um, I think it's something that for me, it's kind of been like, oh, no, duh, female, can be, female women can be strong and independent and run their own businesses. I, I, I think I have a very unique situation where that's all I've really known. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, that's, of course, what I'm going to do. But I do run in, but there are obviously situations where I am the only female in the room. And um, I'm also often not, there are not many LGBTQ like advocates there in that in, in the industry as well. And 
but I think it's always you always walk into a room and if there's a man there there people are always going to be looking to them but I have never had a problem with speaking up and having a strong voice so that's what put me into the rowing team that's what put me on the rugby team so it's like uh I think I it was a perfect storm of get out of my way. I'm here to do what I want to do. <laughs> Lynn is like this mini tornado, but it's, it's the truth. I mean, you have, you have an energy and a presence and like, you know, you can like handle your business, like in all capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I had that, that's fascinating that, um, uh, acupuncture is female dominated because I'm, I was just, mm-hmm. as you're saying that I'm trying to think everybody I've gotten acupuncture from in my life, which is a, a mm-hmm. good chunk of people. I would say 90% of them were men. Were, were the dry needling or was it acupuncture? Mm, uh, dry needle, dry dry needling so you're right okay yeah so dry needling is an offshoot of acupuncture um so physical therapists and chiropractors and people who have a doctorate can get certified in dry needling okay so that's and that's so it's a little bit different than acupuncture itself so the the more like whole whole body uh approach is more acupuncture and dry needling is like a very off, small offshoot of acupuncture so there you go <laughs> I- that's probably it I lo- thank you for explaining that. I literally, I mean, yeah. I've done this now for, I don't know what, 10 years <laughs> and I, I know the difference, but then it's even slipped my mind, but that's the perfect example of like, even when you're in it, some of this stuff is so hard to know and keep track of because there's so much to know. And yes. you, you really just have to have good people that you trust to be like, we're going to do acupuncture, but I actually want to dry needle first. And then we'll get to the whole thing or like whatever. And you, you just yeah. you, you can't know everything. It's really yes. hard. Yes. And I think I've kind of struggled with that. I think that's, but I think my desire of wanting to know everything is what's driven me to get all the certifications I have. Cause I always feel like I'm missing something. There's always more, there's always something else I can add and something that hasn't been considered yet. And, and like, it's, it's a little bit stressful and exhausting, but it's also really nice. Cause I feel like I'm just constantly seeking and striving for my education. I feel like I'm just always learning, which I love that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I hope that passion never goes away. I think when you love something and you're in alignment and you, you bleed it, like you do this for fun. Like I, I literally love this. Like it's yes. podcast is yet to make money, which I'm, uh, we want this as passion piece, but clear in the universe, <laughs> like this is what we want to be doing. But I mean, I, I do it for free. Like, this is amazing. Um, mm-hmm. so when you're in it and you love it, like mm-hmm. it's, it's just there, it's not work. Uh, yeah. although I think sometimes like you do get exhausted. There's logistics around everything that yeah. do wear you out. Yeah. Um, is there anything think, you've learned as an entrepreneur that's kind of been like, oh, this is the business side? <laughs> um, oh gosh, taxes are really hard. Yes. Um, yeah. Thing. I do remember like when I when Matt first approached me about it and I was like, I guess I can do this. And then like yeah. the next day I was like, wait, I don't know anything. What am yeah. I? And I was grateful that it's very common in the wellness, wellness industry where people kind of go off on their own and do their own thing. So I had a lot of really awesome people that I could reach out to and be like, what do you think I should, like, what things do I need to do? Like Andrea was big in that. Derek McBride, who yeah. also graduated from SWAC, which is where I'm at, was a big help in that. And Missy Albrecht, she does Invincible. Uh, so I think there, I had a lot of really awesome people in the community that I was like, help, what do I do? Yeah. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing I also learned was like, don't be afraid to ask for help. I think that's been yeah. stigmatized for too long. And there are so many people that are willing to help because- especially in this industry, like we want people to thrive and it's, it's really a community where you're going to find the most success. And, um, I was very grateful that I was, I had a lot of support from a lot of people that I could reach out to. I think that's invaluable advice. If you're an entrepreneur listening and you're thinking like, what is step one? I think it, go ask somebody that's already doing it. That will help you particularly in the wellness industry. Cause we're here to help people anyways. Yes, so like yes. if, whether it's on the table stretching or in the business room, like lend a hand. And yes. I have had extraordinary humans step up or, you know, put in a call for me or whatever. So anytime somebody asks me, I always want to return the favor and that reciprocal process, it, it, it shows up and it's, you know, it just makes such a huge difference. And all the OGs that you just mentioned, it's so funny that they were all, we all kind of cross passing at the same time. And like everybody's still doing their, their zone and everyone's still kind of like in the community. It's pretty cool to see. Yes. And the best part about that is you're going to get the, the real world information that you need like you can go read a book and you can be like you need to do this this and this but yeah they're not going to tell you the things that randomly pop up when you're you wake up at 2 a.m and like oh I need to go do this or so it's nice to think to fill in the blanks of the stuff that you would never even think about doing so it was it's the community was huge do you guys, do you guys stay in touch at all? I've actually got to catch up. Matt, there's so many people I've got to, I've, with COVID, I think everybody just kind of went into like their dark hole. Um, but do you do like a once a month meeting or like keep in touch or keep up on Instagram or anything like that? 
Yeah, I'm actually not great at keeping in touch with people. It's something that I, <laughs> I, I, I have some. I have a friend that's really good at it, and I'm, it's very admirable. And it's something that I'm like, oh, I'm going to do that. And yeah. of course, I never do. Um, <laughs> so I'm working on it. But um, I actually talked to Derek quite a bit. He was kind of a main driving force and um, encouraging me to go to acupuncture yeah. school. And he was like, I'm going to, I can go like kind of, he can be my mentor basically. And I can go watch and do what he does and ask questions and get some experience and stuff. So he's actually been a really awesome resource. Um, so I talk to him every now and again. Um, but really, I think it's just like Instagram is really um, a blessing and a curse these days. But it's yes. really nice to be able to keep in touch with people. So so yeah, I, I would say I'm not great at it. But when I need to reach out or when I do reach out, they're always there. And that's always great, which yeah. I love. I think you just pointed out a really important piece, like the turmeric and tequila of Instagram. Social media is, is such an amazing tool for small business. It allows space for us to be relevant and compete with some of these major companies that have huge budgets to market. Mm -hmm. And it provides a level of transparency that has never been, you know, available uh, ever. So our consumers, mm -hmm. our kiddos, you know, can be more conscious consumers as they grow up because they can see who's behind the business, what's going on, how you started mm -hmm. the podcast about it. What, like you can get into the details. Um, the devil side is it can be like a slippery slope where you're just comparing and you're seeing too like there's too much mm -hmm. information mm -hmm. but I, I try and keep my attitude around social media particularly as an entrepreneur positive because it's such an amazing cost and time effective outlet to market and share your, your story especially if you've got an amazing one like you didn't get into <laughs> this business because you're like oh there's great margins and I can monetize my time and that you got yes. in because of pure passion your entire yes. life journey like led you to this point like everything yes. happens and I think the more people can see that the more like oh hell yeah I'm gonna go see Lynn like perfect. Like that's what, that's exactly what I'm looking for. Yeah. Social media is, a, is, is definitely an interesting and, and tough subject, I think, because like you're, it's, you're right. It's, it's good for small businesses in the sense that you can do it for free. It's, it's hard because you have to do it for free. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's a time suck. It's hard. There's all these tips I don't really know about. And, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm kind of, I go through phases where I'm like, Oh, this is great. Like I can really push this. And sometimes I'm just like, I don't know what I'm supposed to talk about today. Yeah. Um, so, but so it's been, it's been a battle that I've kind of, I've kind of stepped away from, which is kind of nice. And I kind of will post when I feel like I need to, I've been very fortunate. My girlfriend uh, is starting home photography business. Oh, and so yes. I've been able to get some good photos. So if you need photos at all, yeah. let me know. She'll, okay. she'll hook it up. I've also kind of been joining her with some video stuff. So we're kind of doing like a tag team of photo and video, which has been, has been a fun journey that we kind of, fell into during quarantine because we had the time to yeah. do some research and, and do some stuff. So if you need photo and video, let us know. We'll hook it up. <laughs> Two weeks ago, I think I posted for a photographer and somebody came through. She was phenomenal. Um, but I always need like a roster because people always ask me for a photographer. I'm leaning into YouTube and video because like you, mm -hmm. it's, mm -hmm. I really, my pro tip for anyone's listening, <clears throat> they will always say, they meaning like, people that advise on social media, like post every day, put more content. Yes. My thing is my advice as a consultant is not that. Like, yes, you need, yes. um, you, the algorithm and like there's certain games to play but my thing is if your energy around it is this feels like a chore stop it take a yes, break yes. take a breath because again the consumer will know and feel it and when it feels inauthentic mm -hmm. and it feels like business it's just like super selling the package of 10 stretches versus yes. when you only need to like just breathe and let it be so if you're feeling yes. this pressure around social stop just don't you're, do it yeah you're not missing be there yeah, and the, the energy around is already it, saturated. <laughs> exactly. And then you, when you feel like you're excited about it, you'll see the engagement happen. Like, the, and it sounds so wishy-washy because everyone wants to see like ROI and likes and all this. Some things you can't measure, but I promise you it's the truth. Just breathe and yeah, don't yeah. do it. When you have fun with it, like, it gets fun. Like I, I, I also run the social media for our rugby team and okay. <laughs> around quarantine, it was, it's something that's also, I've run into the same thing of like, ah, oh, this is a chore and you can feel like it, yeah. but like when quarantine first hit, we had, we had some fun with it and we had some really, really awesome engaging posts and it was engaging and fun. And like, yeah. we had fun making it and you could tell that it was being received really well. So it's been, it is something that you for sure have to feel it because if you don't like people feel it. Right. But people are just like, well, just set it up on Hootsuite and set it out for the month and blah, blah. And I'm like, if some businesses like you just have to do that way and like okay but 99% of my clients I advise against all of that I'm like stay hands-on stay connected and like yeah. as you're feeling what you're putting out there that's your radar like that's your clear mm -hmm. indication it sounds so like you know woo or witchery or whatever but it's the truth and it yeah. takes like about a month for them to see it but it's it's real energy is real that's what like that's literally what acupuncture is is you're working and balancing energy and yeah. if that's something that people say is not then they just haven't found it yet or tapped into it quite yet yeah. but it's there. It's everywhere. 
I think I've gotten, I'm on day 143, I think, of my morning routine. Because, again, we're, the adulting is happening slow in my world. Uh, I'm a Libra, so the two making together balances. Like, we're so good at something, but then we're just, like, a late bloomer on some other things. Yeah. Um, I also hate the morning. Like, I'm a night owl. But waking up intentional, you know, law of attraction, but, like, being intentional what I want with my life, how I'm facing the day, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's not to say we have some late nights and parties. Like, it's not all balanced out. But that that, that is energy, balanced, though. It, it is. You, you got to have some fun in there. But, I, yeah. again, I think our, our young humans are questioning this like energy and whether it's religion or uh, I always say God, universe, or Madonna, whatever you believe it, it yeah. like you, you start to like lean into that and understand that, Oh, everything's connected. Like that's, mm-hmm. are, are, would you consider yourself a spiritual person or religious? Or- I, th- I think I'm becoming more spiritual. I okay. think for a very long time, I was very scientific and very logical. And like, I mean, it was pretty black and white. And I think (laughs) my journey of just like finding myself and this medicine, and I think Becky's been a huge part of it, of just like opening up your mind to like, you got to kind of honor what you're feeling because it's there for a reason. And I think that there's, there is energy out there that you, if you just kind of sit back for a second, it's there. So I'm definitely becoming more spiritual for sure. Did you grow up religious? Like, was that within no. your family? No, mine either. No, my mom. Yeah, my mom was not religious at all. She married a guy for a couple of years that was like heavily Catholic, and oh, okay. that was that was something that was a choice. <laughs> um, it was we went to Catholic school for about three or four years, and oh. it was uh, it it kind of confirmed that that wasn't the path for me, and I and it's not something that I'm sure. not saying it's the wrong choice. It just wasn't the choice for me, sure. um, and it really just like highlighted how much I like. Free the freedom to choose my path and my journey. Yeah. I think the good thing about experiences like that, you can see like how good you have it. Like I, my parents were like pretty unstructured and things. And I was like, why do we do this? Why do we do that? But as I've gotten older, I'm like, thank God. Thank God I had just Mm -hmm. the freedom to do whatever I wanted. I was running around like a do like, like, oh, you're going to play women's lacrosse 2000 miles away. And you're going to make money (laughs) off this. Like, why are we paying for this? Yeah. And you're turning (laughs) down scholars. Like, thank God they just trusted what I was doing. But when you have Mm -hmm. experiences like that, I think you can be like, oh, like, universe god madonna someone's looking out like the path is at play Mm -hmm. and i'm so glad i got to see this so i could appreciate Mm -hmm. how good i have it yeah totally and i think a lot of it is perspective too of like people are always like oh well that well you're lucky that this happened or you're lucky that happened but someone could look at the exact same situation and see a negative side of it or see just completely something completely different so i think being able to step back and like see the perspective and things and is is really big yeah well, when you're working with humans, I mean, I'm, I'm, you're like grown up Lynn. I don't want to sound like a mom, but I'm like, oh yes, I'm so proud of her. Like, because we've, we've grown up over the past five yes, years. Yes. Um, and I don't think we're even that close in age, but I mean, everybody that kind of, I feel like the, the culmination when like all the people you just listed, we crossed paths. Like, I think everybody yes. was starting to like grow up and do their own thing at that point, regardless mm-hmm. of where we're at, like literally in age. Um, <laughs> But it's cool to see how if you're in, because a lot of doctors and like wellness humans are like science-based because that's where the passion starts and that's what your your work is and your modalities and everything. But it's been really cool to see like the mind transfer and evolve from that because you do start to learn, even if you're very scientific. I have many doctor friends that are still not about spirituality, whatever. And I'm like, you don't think it makes sense around energy, but you see this slow transition mm-hmm. of like how it's all connected and mm-hmm. how you can know the science, but the heart and the mind are leading so much. Like it's, yes. it's remarkable. It drives everything, and it's and again I keep bringing up acupuncture, but it's because I'm in the middle of it. But in 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 Chinese medicine, it's so they call your they call the spirit your shen, um, and in Chinese medicine, shen precedes qi, qi's energy, and qi precedes form. So like form and physical and whatever we're feeling and seeing and happening is a result of energy, which is a result of the spirit. So it's like in Chinese medicine, even it's like it is like the pinnacle of everything, and it's what drives everything. And I think it's I think it's really hard to to not believe that emotions drive don't drive things and you don't hold it and you don't perceive it and manifest it in different ways I think it's 100% and everybody is just about how much you want to recognize that's what's driving it yeah that intuition has been something I've really learned to I always kind of been spiritual in some capacity or just believe in something bigger and like trusting your gut like anytime any business decision where I've been like I don't know about this has always been right and I've certainly Mm -hmm. had to learn the hard way a few times of like (laughs) girl by you knew this from the get-go this was a trash situation and now we're in it so we're gonna fix it but like we knew and leaning into that intuition it's hard but as you get older you're like oh nope we know this we've run this lap and we're gonna back away have you had some of those experiences as an entrepreneur thus far where you're like "Mm, this doesn't feel right (sighs) yes I think so I can't like it's it's hard because it's like and I was actually talking to someone the other day about like these pivotal moments in your life of like 
you were going to do something, but for some reason you, you run a different course. And I think even just, uh, and kind of on the flip side of that, just kind of starting this thing, I was like, I shouldn't do this. This is not a smart decision. Like I know nothing. I've got no backing on this. I don't have enough money to support myself, but I was like, you know, I'm going to do it. (laughs) Um, and so I think it's kind of the flip side of that of like, everything kind of on paper said no, but my gut was like, just go for it. And here I am. So I think it's, it kind of goes both ways of because you just really do have to trust yourself because you really do know you already like we said you you know what you're capable of you're you know what you can do you know what you have you just have to decide if you want to listen to it or not yeah when you know your ego always wants to keep you safe so it's like that downplay and this is a couple good like law of attraction books that i've read and once you like unpack it things make sense and you understand Mm -hmm. when it's like your intuition's like "Mm, this probably isn't like because not everybody's an ideal client you learn when to walk away and it's Mm -hmm. like even though they're paying you money once you get to a point you're like this isn't this isn't going to be mutually beneficial and like it's not going to be a fit so you you can feel that intuition versus Mm -hmm. like i'm just unsure or i'm scared like totally there's different gauges. Um, but I, but I think that awareness of really pulling it back and being like, but I still, this still feels like it's within alignment. Like I still want to do this and Mm -hmm. that's usually enough. Yeah. And I think a huge part of it is identifying what emotion you're feeling. Cause I think a lot of, cause I think the big ones are stress and anxiety and you're like, well, is this really stress and anxiety or is this fear or is this like, what, what am I really feeling? And when I, and then I'm just trying to mask as just generalized anxiety. So I think that's also a huge part of it of like really tapping into yourself and being like, what is actually at the root of this uneasy feeling? Yeah. I think that helps a lot too. Absolutely. Does this come up in some of your sessions? Cause it, it's so physical, but I could see people coming in and being like, well, here's what it is. And you're like, well, time out. This is probably more around fear and anxiety versus like your leg is sore or whatever. Like, does that start to cross over into the physical appointment? Totally. And that's that will just start to unload. You'll start to be talking about things and then and then someone will just say something and be like, Well, let's go into that a little bit more. Like, what uh what is this? And then and I think also people just store emotions. I think I've had some interesting situations where you release something and then the floodgates open and yeah. like I was working on this a gentleman one time and he had a lot of shoulder pain for and it's been going on for like six months and nothing's really been helping it and we released something and he just started crying. Yeah. And he was like, I am so sorry. I'm like, no, 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 I don't really apologize. Like let it out. And he goes, my mom died about six months ago and I don't think I've really been dealing with it. So it's like those kinds of things happen too, of like, you just have to choose to decide that you're ready or decide that you can, you can start to work through those emotions. Cause sometimes you're just not ready and yeah. your body will hold it <laughs> until you are. Well, you don't really know how to deal with that. I've been on a massage table. I think it was like two years ago or maybe a little bit longer, but like, again, in health and wellness have been to recovery centers and stretch, like have done it all at this point. And I was still, I got, I understood energy ish, but I was going into like, I think it was a massage. I can't even remember if it was like, um, it wasn't Reiki, but anyway, it was a massage. And I think she was like releasing my shoulders or something. And she's like, I don't know if I started to tear up or what, but she's like, you feel like you've been left behind. I can't even remember what was going on. Mm-hmm. It's probably something around the gym or whatever. Cause my whole life was working out. But, um, and I just, I was, I just started tearing up and I was like, oh my God. And I, that's when I started to learn like, oh, it is about sort of emotion. I'm like, why did I not learn this in high school? Like, of course this makes mm-hmm. sense. So mm-hmm. to give a nod to you again, like when you have practitioners that can understand this whole other side, which you're not even being paid for. This is just like an added <laughs> bonus of knowing how to be like, oh, I'm embarrassed you're crying. It's like, no, this is normal and walking through like that's why practitioners like you are so important because it's you don't know what's going to happen and you have to bring all these skill sets to the table because you're you're really dealing with a human in a very vulnerable space mm-hmm. and it's 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 hard to navigate that correctly without training and open-mindedness like that's mm-hmm. it's really brutal do you think that's really helped you evolve as a practitioner oh yeah for sure people yeah absolutely I think and I think that's a huge part of like being a, a precursor going into this industry is you have to be able to to talk to people I think that's something that that's come easy for me of just like just like the very baseline of just like interacting with humans and just like just like chatting with them because that's the that's the first part about it is you have to build the rapport and you have to you have to let them feel comfortable in the space because it is a very vulnerable thing it's very vulnerable to let someone put their hands on you and and feel what's going on and tell them your ailments and and that's a very vulnerable situation in and of itself and we talk a lot about making sure that it's as close to an equitable relationship between practitioner and patient because you initially come in as when we are the ex- we are the expert and that's because that's why you're seeking us out but I think the best practitioners will still have 
advice and obviously share their knowledge, which is why you're there, but it doesn't make it feel like it's something that they're better than you or that, that it's a safe place that you guys are an evil footing and you can share what you need. Yeah. And that's so beautifully said because I think like culturally in America, you go and you're like, doctors have all the answers, this and that. And it's not that they don't, but so many times I've walked out being like, dude, I'm not going to do that rehab. Something doesn't feel right. And I think that's why initially we started going to DSR was because I was like, this, like, I'm not doing more medication for any, I'm not like, there has to be a better way around all these other things. And it's not that they didn't know, but sometimes if you're like an OBGYN or you're just working on, you know, pediatrics, your, your focus is so narrow and you need mm-hmm. humans that are like seeing a lot of people and they're in the mix of, I love new grads because they're fresh off the, the table or out of the school mm-hmm. and they know all the books, but they haven't really been around people yet, but they know <laughs> the most trendsetting way of what's being taught in school versus a doctor that's been in it for 40 years. Yes. So there's experience, but then there's like also just staying connected to like, the ground level so you know what's next and And I also think the huge part of it is listening to the patient like I can't think of how many times people have said and I've experienced it myself going to the doctor and saying this doesn't feel right this is something's happening and the doctor's being like no you're fine or or don't like I I remember going in after my knee surgery and being like my knee does not feel right there's something going on and I literally had the PA tell me no you're wrong you're fine Mm-hmm. And I burst into tears. I was like, I not being heard is so huge in the Western medical world. And then just having someone to be like, I understand, I hear you. We're going to work and see what's going on. Cause if you don't feel like something's right, something's probably not right. Yeah. So we'll, yeah. we'll search for it and we'll figure out what, what's happening rather than just saying, no, it's not. And my knee actually was wrong. There was something wrong with my knee. So it was, <laughs> that's a lesson right there of like, the patients know they just yeah. need to be heard and want to do something about it. Well, you don't know, but again, it's kind of back to that intuition. Like, you know, something's not right. And obviously you're not a doctor and you're not qualified the way they are, mm-hmm. the way you mm-hmm. are, but it's, but you like you, nobody knows your body like you. And that's where that conscious consumer conversation kicks back in. And I actually hear this a lot with my friends, particularly women of color, where they go in and they're pregnant or whatever. And they're saying this is going on and it's whatever the ailments are, they're, they're ignored and mm-hmm. they're not heard. And it's, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's predominantly a white situation or whatever, but this happens all the time. Mm-hmm. And these are really serious scenarios. So I, I think that that's again, like having people like you open-minded representation on several levels um, and setting the bar, like you are further breaking those glass ceilings, but more importantly, you can connect with people and streamline the recovery process and actually get them better. Yes, absolutely. And that's, and that's the thing that I don't think is highlighted enough is about to get about getting them better. Yeah. Like it's, it's not, it's not about the money. It's not about the number of patients. It's not about any of that. It's about getting people to back to the things that they love and feeling good doing them because at the end of the day, we all need that just to survive this, the craziness that's going on in this country. And totally. World, so. Yeah, there's there's so much, but the, the personal wealth and um, our personal health, which your health is your wealth, uh, is such a big deal because if you can get your your body and your mind right, I think everything else, like the ripple effect of everything else in your universe, mm-hmm. will be positively impacted. So absolutely, it's worth it for all the self care and everything else that you really should be doing. Yeah, absolutely. The ripple effect is 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 the biggest thing. Is like that's why people always say when I start working out, I start eating better, I start sleeping better, I drink more water. It's like when you start to put a conscious effort into wellness, it will continue. You'll find are, it everywhere. Are you good about self-care? Heck no. <laughs> Every entrepreneur is the worst. And we're like <laughs> yeah. in the business. Like I said, we're yeah. on day 143 of my morning routine. So we're good now. <laughs> but um, but it's hard. And especially like yeah. you're in it. I think probably the last thing you want to do is like do anything that is your business. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. I, am, I will say I'm getting better as school has really been quite demanding. I've been, I've been, better at like stepping away and just like taking time doing nothing I think that's huge of like sometimes because everyone because like wellness is a lot of eating well and stretching and moving and all that stuff but it's also like just kind of sitting back and like decreasing your stimulus and just kind of being with yourself and just like being okay doing nothing for a little bit I think is a huge part so I do a good job I'm doing a better job of that but um I, uh, I also just will throw myself into rugby after not playing for six months and pull my groin, but, um, <laughs> don't do but that. I, so don't, I don't recommend that, but I, <laughs> I, I do some stuff for myself here, but I always obviously could be better. 
Well, I think we all can be. And I, I, mm-hmm. it's so fun. It's just like, you see the doctors and then they go and eat like Cheetos and it's like, why aren't you yeah. in the health field? Like it's, yeah. we're all still human at the end of the day. And you mm-hmm. guys have to show up and carry the weight of so of all your patients, so like all, uh, you know, all their emotional, all their physical. So then by the time you get done to your shit, it's like, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. I would say my self-care is just not doing what I do. So like I, I've recently got into woodworking and that's okay. been kind of my, my release of just kind of like, I'm going to step back and then this is good for my mental health. And um, I'm also like attempting to make things. So are you going to make like your own massage table or something like that? I actually thought about it. I was looking at it the other day and I was like, I think I could probably do this. That's awesome. So, you could TV, do like a whole, TV. yeah, you could do like a whole custom like line. I love seeing how people's worlds. I actually just started designing these jean jackets for turmeric and tequila that I'm really excited Ooh. about. And they're going to be like black lives matter jackets and they're coming out. They're mm. awesome. But I love seeing how like passions and like how complicated and beautiful humans are. Cause like our passions can coexist when it's two things like turmeric and tequila that don't fit. And all of a sudden it collides and you're mm-hmm. building like a custom word working <laughs> where it's like good work and I do you know yes. uh, medical therapies and now we're gonna blend yes. it, it, yeah I did make a cabinet for all of Becky's camera stuff so oh okay that's there huge yeah <laughs> so I've been I've been I've been bopping around with some of the wood and stuff but it is really cool to see I think it is something that I definitely would love to have a custom piece of something in my office at some point for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I, I will say this unsolicited. Um, I'm not a licensed therapist at all, but a creative outlet will save your life. What painting, oh, for sure. whatever it is, photography, yeah. podcasting, what, like it will, every human I think has some creative angle cooking. Um, it can mm-hmm. change your brain set and really put you in better space. I a hundred percent agree. I'm also not a therapist, but I agree. I mean, I think you're pretty close. So you, I can make, I can print you out a certificate. That's like Lynn can deal with your shit. What's up? Certified <laughs> so, by turmeric and tequila. Yeah. yeah. Which don't trust that at all. Um, <laughs> I love it. Well, it's been amazing to catch up. I can go on with you, but Lynn, tell us where we find you, your business, anything else you want to share? Yes. Uh, I have my, you can find my website synergistic-movement.com. I'm on Instagram synergistic movement. Um, my office is kind of in North Denver, a little bit away from the Grizzly Rose, if you know where that is. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm like about a mile uh, east of that. So yeah, hit me up if we can uh, take care of your body and your mind, I guess, too. <laughs> I love it. Well, I ask, I've just started this thing on turmeric and tequila. We ask everybody's um, chill and their thrill. So like your turmeric and your tequila. So what's like your chill and then what's your thrill? My chill is definitely my woodworking these days, for sure. Um, and I guess, let's see, what is my thrill? Oh, it's a great question. Are you looking um, around for tequila right now? <laughs> yes, I am. We're going to take a shot. Um, yeah. I think rugby, I think rugby really is my thrill because it's, it's really, it's really hard and it's, but it's also like we, like you said, we rugby likes to party. So yeah, see, that's my thrill. Yeah. You guys are like your own community. It's really actually cool. Oh, it reminds me of like my, my college days. Insane. It's yeah. so cool. You will, <laughs> I guarantee you meet one person, you can connect them back to the rugby community. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, it's been amazing. Let's definitely catch up again soon. I wish you so much luck with the business and I'll definitely have to come. My elbow's been killing me. So I got to come see uh, probably (laughs) all of you guys. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hit us all up. We'll we'll take care of you. I love it. Well, I appreciate the time and energy. Like I said, we'll wrap soon. All right. Thanks. Good talk with you. Thank you for joining Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Tune in next time and don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.